0: Welcome to another episode of the ticklish. Hey, don't don't do that! The ticklish traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of <laughs> the ticklish traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. Well, Dobodon again, everybody, hello. Well, I've been mentioning some names during these recordings periodically. And this time I'm going to remind you of a friend of mine who welcomes all. But people just forget about this friend of mine. People should go and enjoy this very, very kind friend. This friend of mine is the ocean. I could have went more in depth and had professional writers script something out for this recording which would have been more professional like this travel guy who goes on stage. But I think what I said is good enough. I got right to the point. Well this travel guy he goes on stage and he's got so many writers helping him out well this is getting beyond ridiculous this guy goes to Africa as professional travel guide and he goes to Central America and he tells thousands of people in the audience who are paying to listen to him speak and he has the audacity to tell everybody they're poor in Africa and they're poor in Central America and he goes on stage and he shows those photos no all the slides. He shows the slides of these poor little kids and he tells everybody they need water well, no fooling as they say in Wyoming. Really? How many times am I going to say that word during this recording? You're telling me the people in Africa are poor? And you, who are worth, I was told, $40 million. You didn't help anybody. If you did, I didn't hear about it during your lecture. How in the world can you go that far and spend all that money just to brag and tell people you've been over there? That's why. These travel people, when they go on stage or you talk to them, the first thing they're gonna tell you, I've been traveling for 50 years. I guess that's their trophy. And that's sad my trophies have names and faces on them, Vasil a Miloše, a Susan a Mr. Gregovich. These are all my f- friends in Montenegro. Those are my four trophies, my four aces, my Montenegrin friends. And I've shared stories about these guys. Well, this travel guy, he doesn't share anything. Not that I've ever heard. He talks about money belts and hiding your money and make sure you don't get robbed. Well, if you did get robbed, at least you'd come back with some kind of a story. All right? Not that I'm advocating going out and getting robbed. (laughs) Okay, there are little kids over there in Europe, and they stand there and they ask for money. And the gypsies, how's this for an idea? How about giving them some food? Maybe the little kid's standing on the corner because he's hungry. I remember a kid over there, I used to give him sandwiches and nutritious food. Apples, pears, bananas and such. And the kid would eat it right away. And then he disappeared for a couple weeks. This poor little gypsy kid, just on the same corner. And when he came back, he was all chewed up. He was kind of bleeding a little bit still and bruised and... Oh man, it was sad. I wanted to just take this little guy and just rescue him from the situation, but I don't know how to do that. This travel guy does. I wonder if he's ever helped any of them little kids. I doubt it. I mean, there's other things you can share with people when you go to Europe, like a Jargonski sling. I remember I was, a little side story, I was with some friends over there and this real good looking girl walked by And I says, hey, Bogdan, I would like to lay one on her. What does it mean to lay one on her? I would like to give her a big smooch. What is this smooch? I like this design. I like smooch. Smooch. Like Chetnik Bogdan. Smooch. So this real tall, good-looking lady walked by, and he said, Lady, I want to give you a smooch. And she put her big middle finger up in the air at us. <laughs> she was from Philadelphia. We had a good old time, me and Bogdan. Oh boy, oh boy, I had fun over there. Back to this travel guy. He's giving you tips and travel advice. And it just hard to believe that he's telling you when you're on a train, make sure you look out the window and don't forget to say hi to the person that sits next to you. Well, I'm so glad he told me that. I am so very, very glad. I circled that, and I'm going to memorize it. Oh, and don't forget to tinkle when you're on the train so you don't have to waste time when you're wandering around that city that you just paid for a hotel in, which is tinkle. Tinkle Bogdan, it means to piss. I have to tinkle. <laughs> Oh, boy, I had a good time over there with some of these guys. And Talking about train rides, I remember I got on the absolutely wrong train. I think I was in Budapest, and it was cold and dark and rainy. And (laughs) I ended up somewhere back in Yugoslavia, which I just came from. I don't remember where I was. Sitting on a bench and (sighs) just... Big, heavy, cold rain came, and these guys were walking by. Mievich, ah, 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 Zgubio, you're lost again, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. oh man, I was just sitting there, I was freezing, and this great big woman came, Mievich, dodgy, dodgy, she said, come on. And she took me in, shh. She had a little sofa bed, I took a shower, changed, I laid there for about two seconds, I fell asleep like a baby. And this Serbian lady, she gave me a great big hearty breakfast in the morning. I did have some candy bars for us, and she was just laughing. They were all gooed up from the rain and being in my pocket. Anyway, this Serbian lady, Serbians are kind if you give them a chance. Most people don't go to that country. Well, that's your prerogative. So anyway, that was a lot of fun, and that was on a train, and nobody had to tell me to talk to anybody. Another thing this travel expert talks about is Make sure you wear comfortable shoes. Well, when I was in Montenegro, with those four aces I told you about, I was with Milosha and we walked and walked and walked. I walked all over Montenegro. And guess what, I didn't have any shoes. (laughs) Another place I didn't have any shoes was Hawaiian Islands. It was a full moon and me and this Irish girl, we went for a midnight swim. And I had a real good time with her. She was real pretty and had the red hair and blue eyes and everything. She would have made one of, like, Walton's kin. She was just a good-looking Irish woman. And I had a good time with her. I remember being arm-in-arm with her. And that was real romantic. And I have given tours before, like this travel expert. (laughs) Some, Some Yugoslav guy showed up over there in Hawaii, and I took him on an ice cream tour. I don't know if I told you that story or not. If I did, who cares? I'll tell it again. There was a freezer in one of the malls and it was broken. So the guy told me, he says, Yeah, they're you know 25 cents and yum yum yum, the red, white, and blue ones. So me and these Yugoslav guys were just sitting in there and we gobbled down all these ice creams. And that friend of mine, that Slavko, he showed up over there. I think he's the one that unplugged it and ruined the freezer. <laughs> Oh boy, I've had fun traveling around with everybody and I just thought I'd share those stories. And for goodness sakes, everybody, if you're gonna go to Africa or to Central America, or wherever you're gonna go, bring something. You know dig a well for these people. Give them some food or some medicine. Bring some. You know, don't just stand there and tell me. How many times you've been somewhere and how long you've been traveling, that don't mean nothing. That just means you're a jerk. That's just hard to believe. This guy traveling all these years, he's got nothing to share with everybody except how long he's been traveling. That's pitiful. That's just plain pitiful. You know, he deserves to be made fun of. It's like his kingdom, this stage. Well, if that was my kingdom, first thing I'd do is I'd take that chair and I would go sit it in the audience with everybody. I'd have big jugs of coffee, like the size of fire hydrants, and milk, and horse candy bars all through that arena. And I'd be telling these stories with everybody. And if I was worth 40 million bucks, Lord knows I'd be digging wells for them poor people over there, and God, it's just heartbreaking. How in the hell can everybody go to Martian, excuse me, to Mars, and there's people dying to death in these countries, doesn't make any sense. I wish we would make some kind of like a world peace truce and every country would give one million dollars less to their arms, their weaponry, and give a million dollars. Just start with Djibouti. That's one of the poor countries in the world. And let's help these little kids. You know, at least I can kind of throw the seed out there and it's up to everybody the Water, let it grow, and boy, there is a lot of people in the world that do help, and there are some that don't, like this travel guy. And he doesn't even have any. Oh, never mind. Okay, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. Follow that means thank you.
1: This is KBKA of the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company in East Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We shall now broadcast the election returns. We are receiving these returns by special arrangements with the Pittsburgh Post and Sun. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us, as we are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching and how it is being received.
0: Well, over dawn again, everybody. Hello. How about Canvi Belongo? Anybody remember that? I told a couple people yesterday, oh, you're making that up. (laughs) 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 No, not this time, I'm not. Wait a minute here. I'm going to just play it for you. ...with his daughter present. He would say, She came to know that strange. All right, there it is from the man himself presenting that word. This is a man who I really would have loved to have met. Warm-hearted, kind, he had the drive, the desire to share his story with the world. What I'm sharing is just nickels and dimes compared to this guy's million-dollar story. I'm not going to tell you who he is. I'm just going to give you his initials. A H. Just look him up. See if you can remember and do some homework. You're going to have to really search your memory for Camby Balungo. Again, his initials are A H and that don't stand for Henrière. Er. <laughs> okay, I'm going to share some stories with you. All these travel people Spread the joy of meeting people. Even though it's just playing checkers in a hotel lounge with a little kid for four minutes. Well, I'm going to tell you my friends over there who I met for four minutes. My four-minute friends. (laughs) How sad. Anyway, I was working at a train depot back east. And this old-legged lady got off the bus. The train depot also was a bus station so anyway this very old lady got off the bus and she was bow-legged she could hardly walk I helped her off and I helped her inside this empty train depot where I unlocked the door at 830 and the bus driver had to come in and sign and she was the only one that ever got off this bus and I was maybe a month two months there and I had some hot coffee for her And she had very, very long hair, big hands. And she sat down. She was out of breath. I says, ma'am, you know, you're welcome to share this bag of chips with me. And she looked and squinted her old eyes. And she said, I've never had that flavor of chip before. Just give me one. (laughs) I go, you got it, lady. So she she ate just one chip. And I thought that was real groovy. know, I never met anybody. First of all, that was that bow-legged. And second of all, it only ate one chip. So there's one of my four-minute friends. This lady's kid came and picked her up and off she went. And then this other four-minute friend of mine. Hey, this other guy can say he's got friends in just four minutes. Why can't I? (laughs) What a jerk this travel expert is. Oh, man, how sad. Anyway, back to my very good friend. This bus driver come in one time, and he was an A-rab he come from one of them Syrians and one of those. So he shows up over there, again, back east in a train depot. So I gave the guy an orange. And his face just started to glow with happiness. Oh, thank you. He says, most people won't talk to me. I said, don't worry, buddy. They don't talk to me either. (laughs) Right then the mayor walked in and the fire chief and all that. And they walked right by us. And I put my hand up, in here, I go see. I go there goes the police chief and the mayor, and they're gonna open up a coffee shop in there. So me and me and that Arab, we went outside, peeled the orange, and sat down on a little bench. He had a few minutes, and we just shared a few laughs. And that was another four-minute friend of mine. Well, the third four-minute friend, same train depot back east. This guy came in. He was knocking on the door. He had. A very small child with him. And it was a pleasant day. And I opened the door. Ah, he says, oh, is this where the old train is? I said, yes, sir, it is. This is where the old antique train. He goes, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is, Charlie. Ah, and the little kid's face got bright with excitement. I go, come on, you guys. He says, okay. I go, yeah, we're not open, but hey, who cares? You guys are train enthusiastics. Come on back. I says, I even got some hot coffee for you and a couple of cupcake the kid had cupcake all over his face. And he was all excited. They were both real red-faced. And he says, we just drove six hours from Connecticut. I says, man, you're welcome. You're both welcome anytime I'm working. I said, I wish I had an orange. I just gave it to that Arab." And he goes, oh, he almost hit us driving out. So anyway, we climbed up on that choo-choo train, me and this man and this little son. And then I showed them around. We had these very, very long benches. And they came in from Boston. They were from the 1800s. And they're really old. And this train depot back east, it was really old looking. And there was hardly anything in there. And there was a garbage can full of empty bottles. This friend of mine, Kendall, used to get drunk when he worked the night shift over there. <laughs> I told him, man, dump your bottles out in the back so the guy don't see him, or go around the corner. Oh, no, he just kept dumping them. He got canned, and then I took his night shift over there. I used to let my buddy sleep back there. So anyway, those are some 4-Minute friend stories, and I hope everybody enjoyed this. And don't forget to look up that man's name, as he really got some good stories. Can be Belongo Who remembers that name? Okay, everybody. Go out and meet yourself some people and have a real good time. I sure the hell did. Okay. Follow.
1: Civil defense is common sense. This is Boris Karloff. No one can guarantee the survival of every home during a nuclear war, but a strong civil defense can save millions of lives. Make sure that yours is one of them. Learn how to protect your home. Call Civil Defense today.
0: Well done again, everybody. Hello. Here's his names for you. Halfway House Orchestra. Ted Weems. I believe a guy named Cliff Bruner. Mozart Home. Those are some old big bands, Count Basie. There's plenty of them. Just give a new style a go. Well, I'm going to tell you the story now. My brother's kids were right at the age of doing sports. So I was sitting on one side of them and my brother on the other side. And I says to him, I says, Fellas, you know what the most important thing is when you're doing sports? And they're real attentive. Staring at me, I said, the most important thing is keep your eye on the ball. Be alert. No matter if it's a ball or a puck or what you're going to do, be alert. And my brother was on the other side. (laughs) He was laughing, laughing. He said, you're pretty good, old son. Let me tell you how it's done. He said, the most important thing, my brother said, is to have fun. Dang. I pulled the king out of the deck, and my brother whipped me with the ace of spades. (laughs) <laughs> he was right well no better example than this i pulled out of a busy train and i had just come from them villages where they had those dirt roads and ducks and geese and berries and everybody was all quite contrary so i pulled out of that village and got on a busy train and now i'm in a a crowded city somewhere off in Europa, I had to take a nap. So I crawled up on this big, giant green thing, and I slept as all the people, everybody went by. Oh, man, I needed that 20 minutes and 18-second nap. So I crawled down from that green thing, and I did not, at this particular time in my life, have any electric. I had no phone or computers. I just winged it. I started walking around. I figured I'd find a hostel, there'd be one somewhere in the neighborhood by the train depot. Back so many years ago, when people used to have blood inside of them rather than wires. So anyway, here I am in this busy, busy city. And I saw this beautiful girl walking across the street, and I grabbed her and saved her from getting squashed. And she would've, she would've got squashed. She was shaking and breathing real heavy. So I gave her a big hug and I laid one on her. Now, if you don't live in America, I laid one on her. That means I smooched her. (laughs) The most common word would be kiss. How's that? For sharing with people in Europa. How about sharing some of our jargonski, our slang, with the people over there? Because most of the people in Europe know English, but they love to hear words like smooched, and this is my old stomping grounds. So, anyway, I figured I was alert in this story, and I had fun kissing a very beautiful woman. She looked very similar, like Jacqueline Smith and Charlie's Angels. So, I was thinking, hmm, what other person I knew? Oh, yeah, then I remembered. What other person? Oh, man. Daryl Monica, he got squashed in the duel in the dust. The poor Oakland Raiders in 1970 championship game against the Baltimore Colts. I love watching those old football games when football was fun. They used to play in the mud and the blood and the beer. Everybody got all dirty and muddy. Well this particular game, I love watching the Oakland Raiders back then, as I did mostly AFL and life in general was fun back then in the early seventies when I was a small child so i was thinking this lady it reminded me she would have got squashed like daryl amana in the oakland raiders and it reminded me of a story i was at a train depot somewhere you got to forgive me my memory i guess it's not really important where i met this man but me and him were talking about the oakland raiders he said you know what he said i used to live in oakland said this very small black man and he had a great big cross on about the size of a pop tart box real big like that and he was very well dressed this little small man older probably in his early 70s and I was mm, probably 30 so we were talking about the Oakland Raiders man he says it was a full bar back in Oakland and this is Back in the day, man, he says, I was in there and I already had a couple in me. He goes, here they come. He said they were grabbing chairs. and. He says, man, they were breaking. He said they were grabbing bottles and breaking. I says, man. I said, who was it? He said, man, it was a line. He said the whole line, Oakland Raider, come in that bar, and they were tearing that place apart. I said, like the old John Wayne. Mm-mm. He said, John Wayne, Marshall Dillon. He was they would got their ass kicked. He said them guys were big and mean, and they meant it. He said one of them grabbed me by my neck and lifted me straight up in the air. All of a sudden, this old man told me, "Shh." The place became silent. The doors flung open. And there was a man standing amongst all these wild, big, crazy linemen who were half drunk and crazed out of their mind. All these people in this bar stood and stared in silence. It was John Madden. (laughs) He was in his robe and slippers. (laughs) And he said all he had to do was point. And he said, okay, guys, get going. I don't want to bail you out of jail. I don't want to clean vomit off your uniform tomorrow. We got a big game against Denver. Now go home. He said that place cleared out, and everybody was thanking John Madden, and he said, after that, he said, I'm an Oakland Raider fan, he saved my life. (laughs) Oh, man, those are some... Fun old stories that I remember, and I just thought I'd share those with everybody. And like my brother said, have fun, and also be alert a little bit, but mostly just enjoy yourselves, and I hope you had fun listening to this story. Okay, everybody. follow
1: The league's self-proclaimed bad boys, the Oakland Raiders. You have any fights this week? No. No fights? Oh man, we gotta have some fights. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. The Raiders' nasty play produced a record number of penalties, but also a staggering amount of victories. They finished the 1974 regular season 12-2, the best record in the league. Everyone refers to the Raiders as the bad guys, are you? Yeah, and I, I like that image. I think a lot of our players like the image. You know, we wear black, you see the cowboy moving, and a guy has a black hat and a white hat. The white hat, too, is a good guy, and the black hat's a bad guy. And that's the way you have to play to win, then that's the way we play.